Where to start? Where to start? Mr. Eamon, um, today on our podcast, Off the Clock, we have a special guest by the name of um, Joe Eamon, who is our teacher and an administrator at our school, who Ailey's known for a lot longer than I have since she was born. But I don't know that long, but yeah, I've seen him around quite a lot. <laughs> um, he does, I don't even know how to explain like what he does because he kind of does everything. Um, yeah. But he teaches a film class and a TOK class, which is Theory of Knowledge, which is an IB class. Um, and we go to an IB school, and he's the IB coordinator for juniors and seniors. And to give, like, a little, uh, I don't know how to give a debrief on IB, like, what to say about IB. It's, it's kind of like AP courses, but it teaches kids to be well-rounded and like conscious of the world yeah it's a lot more it's like ap but more project based and um our whole school is pretty much um dedicated to an ib education um and yeah if you want to learn more about ib you can definitely google that because that'll be very relevant to this (laughs) this episode it's hard for us to explain um but yeah, so he works very closely with closely with Ailey's dad, Mr. Chapman, who is cited in this episode. And um, he pretty much coordinates and puts together, like, all of the IB tests, who's taking them, um, where the money goes to, like, all of that. And then he also does senior activities like prom um, and homecoming and graduation and most of the things that you could think of he is somehow involved so he's a very pivotal part of our education and our experience at obama so we are super excited to interview him today yeah so i guess we'll see how it goes yeah yeah entertaining oh yeah Welcome to the podcast. Our guest today is an educator but has a job that very few people encounter. He is also the Northside baseball coach, ex-political extraordinaire, Pitt fan, teacher best known for his theory of knowledge class but similarly talked about for his film class. He is responsible for the success of many students and has gotten many of the kids in the Pittsburgh area into college. He is the IB coordinator at Obama Academy of International Studies. He is Mr. Joe Eman. Welcome. The heck of an intro, guys. Thank you. That's so sweet. You're welcome. I don't think you're ever going to get anything like that. Wow. Anywhere else. No offense, yeah, but... It's exciting. exciting. What's going on, guys? Okay, so everyone who knows you knows about your love affair with Pitt. How did you decide where you went to college? Did you always know you wanted to go to Pitt? And as someone who helps kids get into college every day, do you think there was ever a situation when you were applying that you regret? Um, or you wanted to change? Um, no, I, I knew I wanted to go to Pitt since I was about, I'd say, nine years old. I grew up in the sticks, and uh, I didn't like it. And so uh, Pitt, to me, was very exciting. It was interesting. I loved coming to Pitt games if uh, my dad would bring me to Pitt games. Uh, and they, my parents tried to, uh, you know, get me to look at different places, but um, Pitt was always where I wanted to go to school. It's where I went. I would go to Pitt basketball camp every summer, too. Oh, and you played basketball for Pitt, too. Freshman year, freshman year. Best basketball player. No, didn't last super long, guys. Didn't last super long. It's okay. So, like, what's the most important thing that kids should keep in mind when applying for 
like to college is it should it be financially based or should it be more of like where your heart wants to be uh, I don't want to say it should be financially based solely but um, that has to factor into it guys um, school is other than your house it's the most expensive thing you're ever gonna buy and so uh, that's that's not right uh, and it, it's very scary for me uh, to set you guys up with something that could saddle you with debt for the rest of your lives and so whenever I am giving you guys advice uh, I'm giving you the advice partially through a financial lens which is absolutely insane coming from me who doesn't know what milk costs or uh, how much money he makes in a year actually I do I found that out last year but uh, till then I really didn't know but I do know it's a lot and so it's one of those things that um, I don't know I really think that uh, I really think that um, it's something that, that you guys have to keep in mind and I think that we don't do a very good job of that with you guys telling you like oh apply it wherever you want to go and like giving you no sort of financial boundaries and so we were just talking about that today with a couple of different people and, it, and it's it's not an awesome thing to think about but it's something you have to think about yeah did you know what you wanted to study when you went to pit because yeah, I, I went to i went to college to study political science but i wanted to be an archaeologist when i went to pit so i started in anthropology and archaeology and i did that for my whole first year uh and i went on my freshman uh spring break i went on a uh, an archaeological dig in virginia and it was the worst experience of my life. And then I found out that, you know, archeologists make about $30,000 a year and they have to live in a tent. And so uh, that was it. I changed my major when I got back and that was it for me. And so I majored in political science and Latin American studies. And I have a business degree. I have a graduate degree in business. So, yeah. So I, when I was in college, I interned for uh, Congressman, Congressman Martha in Johnstown. And at that point in time, he was the chair of the Appropriations uh, Committee, and which basically gives out all of the tax dollars in the United States. And so, really important uh, person, really interesting guy. Uh, learned a lot, a lot, a lot from him. I worked for him for about five years after college as well. Um, and it's something that, uh, I, I don't know if it necessarily um, shapes what I'm doing now, but uh, I, you know, have always really liked politics. I've worked on a lot of a lot of local political campaigns, but that was um, getting to know him and working with him as close as I did. That was something that I think will always stick with me. And seeing how that whole system works is, is really important. Um, and, and I did that, by the way, too, uh, as, as an intern from Pitt, as opposed to all the other interns that were Georgetown interns, and I was the one that he hung around with, not those kids. And so that's something too that you guys need to know that if it's your personality and your work ethic that, that shines through, you guys will rise to the, uh, to the top of the pile, um, no matter where you go to school. Do you think anything you learned like during that experience influenced how you kind of um, decided to take the job as IB coordinator? Um, well, I mean, or like as an administrator? Mirtha was all about being very candid and honest with people at all points in time. And that's something that I think that some of you guys seeing me uh, hopefully a little bit and um, I think sometimes it comes off uh, maybe not as, as sweetly as I'd like it to uh, but, but uh, also too he would always respond to every single weird thing that he ever got and so that was something that um, every birthday card every invitation to somebody's uh, wedding that the guy got even when he didn't know these people he would respond and say oh that's so nice thank you for asking 
Uh, every phone call was responded to, every letter, and, and that's something that I think is really important to remember that, um, uh, not that it's a service industry, but basically, um, you know, your response to somebody's question or concern uh, could be really important to them. So that's something I think you always have to keep in mind. Dr. Hanner, if you're in the <laughs> building, please call the main office. Dr. Hanner, if you're in the building, please call the main office. Oh, well, on that note. <laughs> um, Cora mentioned the, being an IB coordinator in the introduction and then in that last question. So could you like explain what an IB coordinator does or just what IB is? Yeah, it's, it's a weird job, guys. It's a really weird <laughs> job. Like, I, I would say that my job as IB coordinator probably isn't like any other IB coordinator's job. Uh, and so basically, uh, IB has existed in uh, the world since the late 60s and in Pittsburgh since the early 80s. And basically uh, what an IB coordinator does is um, science people have to take tests and make sure teachers are trained and all, make sure that the school is up to all of the IB codes and stuff like that. Um, and, and yeah, I do all of that stuff, but um, we are the only IB uh, world school, full IB school in this half of the state. And so we're the only, uh, we're a magnet school, full magnet school as you guys know as well. And so one of the things that I have to do, and your dad does too, is that we recruit all year long. And not only do we recruit uh, to get kids in the building, but once you guys are here, I mean, you know, people, oh, I don't like this, I don't like that. You have to make sure that people are happy and want to be here the entire time, meanwhile trying to keep up with the program and, and, and everything else like that. And so um, the IB coordinators that existed at Shenley sort of only dealt with um, certain clientele kids, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but um, they dealt with kids that were really into IB and really into the program. And here the idea for me has been to grow IB as far as our school and as far as the uh, kids that are not only in the program but are taking exams. And so we've fallen back a little bit in the last couple of years because of COVID, but it's something that um, I know with you guys next year especially, we're gonna, we're gonna jump back ahead. And the uh, class after you guys, the expectation is for every one of them to take at least one IB exam. And so that's something that I'm pretty, uh, you know, pretty dedicated to and I wanna make sure it happens. What role did education play in your life prior to becoming a teacher? Uh, okay, so I know this is a big shocker to you guys. I was a pretty weird kid, I know. What? Wow. No yeah. way. Uh, but um, I, I was a terrible student, a terrible, terrible, terrible student. I did not like 90% of my teachers. I thought that they were um, buffoons uh, for the most part. And uh, I had some really good teachers. And a lot of teachers were just, you know, were sort of there for the ride. And uh, I didn't want to be a teacher. Did not want to be a teacher at all. My dad always wanted me to, be, me to be a teacher. He went to school to be a teacher and never became a teacher. And so he always wanted me to be a teacher. And I didn't want to because at that point in time, um, well, I, I was working for the congressman and also to, um, there were, uh, there was a really long line of, of, of like, you had to sub for like 10 years before you could get a teaching position. There, were a, there was a, a glut of teachers. And I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to be 30 years old getting my first like real job. And so um, I actually went to, I went to Pitt for undergrad, and then I went to Robert Morris for my business uh, degree, and you could get um, a teaching certificate at that point in time. You had to pass um, these practice exams. Uh, and so um, I, I don't even know the education classes of any I've ever taken, uh, but I took the practice exams, and um, you know, I had the, business degree, an instructional leadership degree, and um, so I became a teacher, but I, I definitely uh, 
It's weird because when I started out, I asked to be put in the worst school that I could possibly get as far as a, a student teacher. And so I student taught here at Peabody. Uh, and I was the first student teacher at Peabody. Sorry for yet another brief interruption. Prior to Obama Academy becoming Obama Academy in 2009, it was a school called Peabody. Now, Peabody was the building and Shenley High School was the IB program and school that moved into the Peabody building. So when Mr. Eamon is referring to Peabody and Shenley, he is talking about two schools that combined to make current the current Obama Academy, which is where Ailey and I go to school and where Mr. Eamon teaches. And the school was very nervous about it and they didn't want to do that. Like, I wanted to teach kids that were really tough. I thought was what I wanted to do. And um, it just didn't work out that way. I, I started doing that and I was here at Peabody. And uh, once I graduated and I was here as a sub and they didn't need me for one day. And so I went to Shenley High School and I went into a history class that they, their teacher had been out for the whole year. And I asked like, what they had learned that year, and they said, we learned absolutely nothing. And so I uh, said, like, you know, we'll break out some paper, let's, let's start doing some things. And so we were talking and taking notes and stuff like that, and the principal walked by the room, and he goes, you, come here. And I walked out the hall, and I said, what's up? I'm sorry. I said, what I do? And he said, what's your name? And I said, Joe Eamon. And he said, cool, you're here from now on. And so that's how I got hired. That was uh, literally my interview process. And so... Uh, you know, I was, I was really lucky with how that worked out, but, um, you know, it's, it's not necessarily what I started with. So what class did you teach? I taught history. I taught history for 10 years. I taught African-American history. I taught, I taught 18 U.S. history. Uh, I taught civics. Um, I taught psychology. Uh, yeah. Did you like that more than teaching film? Uh, no. I, I very much, I very much, I mean, I'm a, I'm a history guy. Uh, I very much like history. Um, I, I like film a lot, too. I think sometimes both are equally difficult to, to, to get across to people, right? Like, um, you know, there are things I'm very passionate about, historically speaking, that, uh, you know, people could sort of care less about. And the same is true with, say, studying Akira Kurosawa. Like, I don't know if, if uh, you guys are going to be super geek when you get to that unit, but um, it's something that I think if you're passionate about it and you try to show other people why you're so interested in it, I think that that works a lot of the time. So teachers have like a major influence in a kid's life, and so do you feel that responsibility as an educator to um, do the best you can to see people succeed, or is it more of a like this is my job, this is what I have no, to do. So I, and just so you know, this is something that Mrs. Eamon and I talk about a lot. Um, her having her job enables me to do my job like I do my job. Um, uh, I'm not saying that like my job is frivolous. Uh, I mean, you know, I make money and stuff, but the deal is is that like, um, I think I can do some sort of unorthodox things and sort of, uh, I don't know, uh, just, just, do things that most people would be afraid to do because of that. Like I'm, you know, not really sort of afraid of, of like, you know, I don't know, things that other people are afraid of. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I think about it all the time. I everybody remembers their good teachers, but uh, a lot of people remember their bad teachers more than their good teachers. And so that's something that uh, I'm always very sort of uh, aware of. And um, you know, I, it's, it's really important. You, you only get one shot, guys. You only get one shot to do this. And so uh, 
if you have somebody that messes up something for you or that, or that doesn't get, get you the information that you need, it's, it's dangerous and it's, it's scary. And so uh, it, was, it was weird. So they did a nationwide search for these jobs, right? And so they brought people in from all over to interview for, the, for these jobs. And people had very distinct views on what this job should be. Like it should be like an administrative job. It should be, you know, where's my secretary? And, you know, I'm going to have these trainings. And we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And so I, I think in education and in most things today, you really need to be flexible and you need to be able to adapt and you need to hit the ground and figure out what's going on and what you need to do to be successful in that job, right? And so that's something that um, I think would be very difficult for somebody to come into this job. So this is something that um, if I were to leave, I would hope that the person that, um, I, that would take my job uh, would be somebody that would work with me for a couple of years beforehand so that they could, I could show them sort of what I do and, and what I think this school would need for it to be successful going, going forward. Before I was the AV coordinator, I was the activities director. There used to be an activities director job at Shenley High School. So I was activities director and I taught film and I taught history. And uh, that was like all the fun stuff that, that took place in high school. And so, you know, sort of one of the things that I had to, to bring together with the IV coordinator here is that if I'm not doing the fun stuff with you guys, I don't really think too many people are knocking down my door to hear about IV. Okay, I think that unless you sort of try to appeal to a whole bunch of people, that, you know, like I said, no one's no one's coming to figure out how to maybe get three college credits for a class a year from now. <laughs> and so that's something that um, you know, I, I hope that you guys notice and see. I like I like every part of my job. I really do. Um, so kind of building off of that, as you're both an administrator and an educator, what advice do you have for people going into either of those fields? Um, I don't know. I don't think, I, don't, I hope that no, like, school administrator starts off thinking, like, oh, man, I really want to be, like, an administrator, right? Like, <laughs> I think what happens is, is that over time, um, and every, you know, principal, vice principal, your dad starts off as a teacher and they see something that's deficient or they think that they can do a good job at something and they sort of move into administration. And so, um, you know, I think you should really enjoy your job. I think you should really like teaching and you should really like kids. And I think if that's the case, then I think that that's a, that's a, a, a good thing to do as far as just becoming a, an administrator. And I think that, like, it used to be different. It used to be that there were, like, vice principals were, like, sadists almost that really enjoyed like inflicting pain and like chasing kids down and stuff and i and you know that's not the case anymore and that's good and the same with principals like if you if you knew your principal or like your principal knew your name that meant that you were like a terrible kid before and that's not the case anymore and i think that that's important and, that, and that's that's growth in education and the same with teaching like uh you know i think you really have to want to impart what you know about things to other people and i think that if uh if you're, you know, if you enjoy that and you're good with that and you're good with people, it's a, it's a, it's a good profession to get into. If you were to have any other job, what would it be? Center fielder for the Pirates. Oh, solid answer. 44, though. I don't actually think they're, they're looking for me. I think I, I'd try out next Thursday. Oh, I think even in your prime, that was just a dream. No, right now, I think it's possible. <laughs> if you looked at me, I'm right now. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm on, on deck. With you your right arm? Yeah. With the arm that you cannot move above your head. Arm, that's fine. We don't need that one. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. To be a professional baseball player, mm -hmm. you will need one arm. Mm -hmm. Many Texas. Whatever. 
Well, on that note, I'm gonna end this. Okay. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you. For being our first guest ever. Coming on. Yeah, you guys did well. That's good. That's good. Is there any other questions you want to ask to, to add to that? I don't think so, unless there's something that you really pressing you want to answer, like. What do you want to plug? Yeah, you want to plug anything? You want to give an ad for Coca-Cola? You should see what Ailey, the TikTok that Ailey sent me. I think it's really, really, really Yeah. I sent the Well, no offense to you, Mr. Raymond, but I feel like most people are mad at you most of the time. That is really what they sound like. Oh, it's like, terrible. Oh my God, it's like, He's gonna fail, Clark. That's what's gonna happen. I'm gonna get out of this car just yet. Um. Wow, what a conversation. <laughs> what a riveting wow. conversation we just had. Yeah, Eman is quite quite a person he is quite a person um I think that I think that went pretty well I think it was definitely what it was <laughs> but um I don't know he gave us a lot of information that I didn't did. know like I didn't know that he um was the activities director I didn't know that that was like a thing or yeah. a title that yeah, was held time. by somebody. Yeah, as much time as I spent with him, I didn't know a lot of the things about, like, college and stuff of that nature. Yeah. Um, he's an intelligent person, I guess. I guess we can say that we're lucky to have him as a teacher. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for listening to our very first episode of Off the Clock. Make sure to tune in, because our next episode will be... Um, with Dr. Bill Myers, theologian and writer, and um, it I think hopefully it will tie into the conversation we had with Eamon about education um, and history and how people view the world. Um, so anyways, we are excited for that and we hope to um, keep inspiring you with our words. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Yeah. Um, cue outro music. Cue outro music that Eamon really hates, so we're going <laughs> to play it super loud. Yeah.